scissors, and it is game season. In our house, the way we know it's game season is because my husband has, we only have two TVs in our house, and both televisions, when you turn it on, is nothing but sports, okay? Game season is dominating in the house. And so naturally, I've become a sports person just because that's what Mario loves to do. He loves him some sports. And so it's football season, and I don't know if it was Monday. Okay, thank you. Roll Tide. <laughs> Go Tigers, whatever. I don't know. Um, well, I don't know what's, what, I don't know when it was. Maybe it was Sunday or Monday. College people play on Saturdays, right? And then the pros usually play on Sunday and Monday. Okay, so I'm not sure which day it was, but it was the um, Tampa Bay Bengals, Buccaneers. <laughs> Sunday night, and the New England Patriots. All right, y'all know I was really enjoying this because I realized that Tom Brady, who used to play for the New England Patriots, he moved over to the Tampa Bay team. And all I remember in this whole particular thing is it was this big rivalry because he used to be their starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, but now he's at Tampa Bay. And so all the, you can feel everybody. So I got into the game because I was like, oh my gosh, I want to see what's going to happen too. This is so exciting. I found myself getting so pumped up about it, but there was something that I noticed about like Tom Brady and then both of the teams. At the end, the Tampa Bay um, Buccaneers, they won. All right. And then at the end, I love the camaraderie between the teams. I thought the New England Patriots and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what they did to me was just they were hugging each other. Like, it just felt like one big family. Like, and in my mind, I kept thinking, man, that is so cool that they have that. They have this component about them that they spend so much time together, they're practicing, building relationships, they understand each other, they have a communication system that most people don't understand, but they understand it because they're together, they know things about each other's families, they celebrate things, they went through this great pandemic together, and all of that brought them closer together, you know? So even though they're fighting to, re to reach this common goal to win, at the end of the day, it was that sense of community. Even though Tom Brady went over to another team, it was still this community, this brotherly love. And I said, man, the church needs to get it together. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, if they can have this much fun and excitement on a football team, well, then why in the world are we all fighting and beating up on each other and not? I'm always like, I'm so confused at what's actually going on. But here they are, the teams, they're displaying this. So tonight, we're going to talk about get in the game. Everybody say, get in the game. You got to get yourself in the game. Let's pray really quick. Father, I thank you for tonight, Lord. Thank you that you're so faithful. You always have a way to show us which way we should go. You're constantly speaking to our hearts. Make us sensitive to you, Lord. Father, tonight, this is just a talk. We're talking. We're trying to strategize so that we can get into the game that you've placed before us. Teach us how to be faithful in it. Show us how to walk it out, God. Strengthen us. In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone says amen. All right, guys, I want to turn your attention to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 22. All right? 
Um, and if you're watching online or if you have the app, guys, get the app. It is going to help you. You can go under Sermon and Notes, click First Wednesday, and you'll see Getting the Game on there. Those are all my notes. You can see what I'm saying. You can even follow and see how long I'll be. Notes. All right, so in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 22, listen to what it says. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But this isn't what you've learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, everybody say, throw off your old sinful nature and your formal way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Tonight, about getting in the game, we're going to talk about three plays to get you in the game. Three plays. Now, this is what I love about football. So my husband is probably going to be laughing at me because I really did work hard to get this analogy, this like analogy going, okay? But in football, they have certain rules that no matter what team you're on, it doesn't matter if you're playing for the New England Patriots, it doesn't matter if you're playing for Alabama, it doesn't matter if you're playing for the LSU Fighting Tigers or for Auburn Tigers, it doesn't really matter what, there are certain rules that no matter what football field you're on, if you're gonna get in the game, they're the same. If you want to play it, it's going to be the same. No matter where you go, it doesn't matter from the highest paid player down to the lowest one, only making about 300000 Isn't that a shame? <laughs> Even down to the lowest play. And they all have to follow these different strategies if they want to play the game. So let me give you some of those things. One of those things is no matter what happens, you can't have a false start. That means we all have to be on the, is it the, the, the line of scrimmage? Ah, you like that, huh? We all have to be on the line of scrimmage. And at the time when they, I don't know it, but whatever. Hike, snap the ball, thank you, over there, Elder T. Just remind you, I beat you in paper, rock, scissors. <laughs> when they snap the ball, we all have to be in line. No one can move before they snap the ball. If you do, they stop the game reset the clock, and then you have to go back and do it again. I'm like, okay, you can't, no matter what team you're on, you can't face mask somebody. What is that? Grab them by the helmet and try to pull them down. You know when they find that out, there's a flag that goes up. They stop the game, pull you out, they call a penalty. We have to regroup. We got to start over again. Y'all know what I'm saying? You can't intercept a player when they're trying to go out and get a ball and you just jump in their way and try to bypass. Am I saying that right? No. You can't interfere. That's the correct word. You can't interfere in the middle of a play. Now, come on, saints. You can't interfere in the middle of a play. When you do, they throw a flag and they have to stop. What are these? These are different guidelines. So the first thing for your play is that in order for you to play on this field called Christianity, you need to have a resolved life. It needs to be resolved. So what are we resolved in? So we just read the scripture, and obviously the Ephesians church, Ephesus, is having some problems that Paul feels that he needs to come in and tell these people, hey, guys, you can't live like that. 
or you can't play on the field like this. You're thinking about life the way it used to be, but if you're going to be on this team, you're going to have to resolve some things. For some of you, your issues are the things that you are dealing with, they're not resolved. Your faith needs to be resolved. What needs to be resolved? Number one, your values in the faith. When you ask me tomorrow, how do you know that you're resolved? Number one, I don't have to know everything about the Bible to believe it. I believe every scripture is breath from the Lord. It's bread. Like he said it, I believe it. And as I'm growing into it, I'm saying, me too, Lord. You mean to tell me you believe Jonah was in the belly of the well? Yep, he was there. How do you know? I don't know, but I believe it. What is this? I'm resolved. I, it doesn't matter. You, you mean to tell me you believe he parted a Red Sea and people walked across the dry? Yes, I believe it. I'm resolved in it. You, well, how did it happen? It, well, guess what? I don't understand it, but I believe it. What is this? I'm resolved. Many of you, the reason that you struggle so much in your faith is that you're not resolved. You have to begin to develop these values. So along the way, you will say, well, tomorrow, what are you resolved in? Number one of the things that I'm resolved in is in marriages. I believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. Can I get an amen? Now, people get upset for me for believing that, but I am resolved in that because my creator made it that way. He said it. I believe it. And so what do I do? I practice it. My husband is Mario Spann. He is not the husband of any other woman. So that means if you're trying to interfere, that's interfering in a play, we got to stop, regroup, and and come back together. Like, wait, wait, this is not going to work. I'm resolved in this thing. What is something else? I believe that God created them male and female. Now, people get even frustrated with you about that. Hey, I'm not fighting with you about it. What I'm saying is if God created you, a male or a female, whatever you were born with, that's what he created you with. So which means I can't get my preferences confused with my values, okay? Like I can choose whatever team that I want to play on, but no matter what team I play on, the rule is still the same. Y'all follow what I'm saying? So a preference in your life could be male and female. Maybe our race is different. Maybe it's a different race for my who I'm going to marry. That's fine as long as it's a male and a female. Y'all follow what I'm saying? That's it. But we're in a world now that culture is dictating our plays, kind of like a football game. What if all the fans were dictating to those players that are out there trying to win? What if they start coming in screaming, no, you need to do this over here. You gotta go. Because y'all, the fans are crazy while they're playing. (laughs) Have y'all seen those games? It's outrageous. If they will stop and lose focus and start listening to everything that everybody else is saying, it will be mad chaos. Hello, Church of Ephesus. Mad chaos. He's like, wait, wait, come back. Let's regroup. You guys are trying to live a life from your past, but that's not what you've learned since you've been following Christ Jesus. We have to get back in the game. You got to focus. You need to resolve yourself. Meaning, like, I don't care what culture is throwing at us, y'all. We have to be resolved in this thing. Like, this is my faith, and I'm going to spend the rest of my life figuring it out. Amen. I am resolved in my faith. All right? So anything that come against your values, the Bible says in Ephesus, he says, throw it off. Everybody say, throw it off. Say, throw it off. 
Well, the problem is if it was that easy, we'll be throwing stuff out. But obviously, it's not that easy to throw stuff off, especially when you've been making bad practices for so long. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. All right. So then the second place where we need to put this play in place is we need to be renewed. So you need to be resolved and then you need to be renewed. All right. Y'all ready for this? Renewing is a time of refreshing, it's refilling. That can only be found in the presence of God. In Ephesians chapter 4, 23 to 31, listen to what it says. It says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Oh, my gosh, that is a mouthful. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created by the Lord God, like created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us or let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we all are parts of the same body. Don't sin by letting anger control you. I'm going to read through this really fast. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. I think that's funny. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to those in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Everybody put your hand over your mouth and say, uh-oh. Let everything you say be good and helpful so your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Them. And do not um, bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Oh, my gosh. Somebody say, ouch. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing you that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So get rid of bit bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Y'all, that's a whole lot about a whole lot. Y'all know. That sums up the issues in our heart right there. Like, oh, God, just great. But here's what I want to focus on. Being renewed comes from the presence of God. Look around you. Where are people? Why are they absent? Why aren't they in on this play? God, it's the presence of God that will renew us. You don't have the strength to throw stuff off in your own ability because if you did you would just be around here I don't know God will probably need to go ahead and take you home like he did Enoch in the Bible <laughs> let me just bring him on up they got it they got it together no we spend our times day and night worshiping the Lord why because we need to throw off stuff throw off things that are keeping us from getting able to play in the game y'all know what I mean I gotta throw it off so here's three things and all of that that I read that you're going to have to work on. Everybody say, stop, control, quit. Here's what the presence of God is going to help you do. First, he's going to help you to stop. Stop what? Stop telling lies to your neighbor. This is one, you are wanting people to believe something about your life that is not true. You work hard to put on this, like this, this is who I am. I want them to know me like this. The Holy Spirit said, I'm going to teach you to stop doing that <laughs> in my presence. You can't in no other way, but it's going to happen in my presence. Then you say, well, what's this other one? Control, self-control. This is you getting the victory over your emotions and your appetites. Guys, what do you see around you? People, the Bible says that you give a foothold to the enemy when you don't control the anger that tries to overcome you. Meaning that when people's emotions are at the height, they do silly things like cut somebody off 
at the red light and they're determined to ride real close to you, blow their horn, cut you off, do all kinds. It's like, what is going on? Emotions out of control. That's a person that needs to be in the presence of God. I'm serious, guys. I mean, y'all know. Some of you, I think I saw somebody else the other day. One of y'all in the room, I believe. I'm just teasing. (laughs) Bless you. Oh, hey, pastor. Just teasing. No, self-control, appetites. Some of you, your appetites are way, and I'm not just talking about eating appetites. I mean, sometimes our addictions are way out of control. Sexual appetites. Some of you, you're wondering, like, I want to stop doing stuff, but I can't stop. I can't control it. Do you know that one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control? Meaning that if I'm in the presence of God, all I have to do is begin to ask God, God, help me with this. He's not coming to remove you from the world so that you won't ever be tempted by it. What he's going to do is teach you how to get victory over it. Control. Self-control. The next one, everybody say quit. Quit what? Quit foul language, slandering, bitterness. What is all this? This is the stuff that's bringing so much division within our church. Y'all see what I'm saying? Like, this is, a, this is him going, wait, stop. But you say, but every time I, I can't stop, when I hook up with my girls or my boys, it just seems like it just starts coming out of my mouth. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You get in the right environment, and all of a sudden, stuff just starts coming out. And then you go, uh-oh, it sounds like I'm going to need to be in the presence of God. <laughs> this is this thing that I've learned about myself. When I start getting kind of cranky, And I'm like, something is wrong. I usually stop and say, you know, I know what's wrong with me, and nobody can help me. I need Jesus. (laughs) I need to get in his presence because in his presence, he teaches us how to overcome things. I get strength out of nowhere. All of a sudden, on the inside of me, things begin to build up. And I'm like, man, I... I feel better. I feel stronger. I can overcome this. I feel like I don't have to go in and start a big drama. I don't have to let my emotions by that. Y'all know how you get that one person that knows how to just touch you in the right spot and just get you. It's like, I don't even have to respond like that. I'm overcoming it. Every time we're in worship, day in and just every day, all of a sudden, you get a little bit stronger. This is what he says. He says, be renewed in your thoughts and attitudes. You can't renew your thoughts and attitudes, only the presence of God. You can be a good person, but I'm talking about something on the inside of you that needs to be renewed. Y'all know what I mean. Everybody say amen. Amen. So if you're going to get in the game, you have to be resolved. You have to be renewed. The next one, oh, wait, I need to read this scripture. Psalms 118, 14 through 15. This is a really good scripture. I read this this morning. This was not originally in my outline, but I added it. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. Right before you guys joined in with us, we walked around this room and began to sing songs and victory because this is the camp of the godly. This is where we come to learn how to play in the game. We get in the church house, not just so we can sit here and prove to you how well we're good at singing or preaching. No, we get in here so that our spirit man can be encouraged, so that we can move forward. And the Bible says the strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. What are the glorious things that he has beginning to do. He is helping you overcome stuff that you didn't have the strength to overcome. 
you're like, God, I didn't even know I can do stuff like this before. And all of a sudden, I'm just finding so I'm like, where is this coming from? The strong, mighty arm of the Lord <laughs> in his presence. Y'all know what I'm saying. I know where my strength is coming from. And so then when they begin to say my help is coming from the Lord, I say, amen. I know that it is. I didn't do this. He did this. <laughs> I can't get, if you had left me to it, honestly, I would have ran under a, somewhere and cried. Ask my husband. I would shrink back in fear. Some of you would be like, well, I wouldn't be shrinking back in fear. I'm going to deal with somebody. <laughs> you know what that is? Both scenarios need the presence of God. <laughs> I'm just being honest, guys. That's where we are sometimes. We just, we need that. But the Bible says that his strength, the Lord is my strength and my song. My song meaning that's my place of worship. Many of you, you need to worship the king. You need major presence. Amen. Y'all, I'm preaching. <laughs> okay. The third thing to get into the game this is my favorite, is being regenerated. Everybody say regenerated. This word means regrow. So God is not here to take you out of the world. Sometimes you will still be tempted by things that you're feeling that you're battling with, the world, issues. Think about this. When somebody makes you angry, you are angry. I'm never taking that away from you. It's an emotion that God has given you. The question is, is you need to know how to handle it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. It's no, it's no need to sit around, I'm never angry. And I'm like, come over here. Let me step on your toe. Let's see what happens after that. <laughs> All right? No, we need to regenerate. A person with a regenerated life, they have tangible fruit from being resolved in their faith, and they have a renewed life. You can see it, but other people can identify it. Let me say this. A generated life is tangible. People can see it. You can see it, but other people will identify it. <laughs> they will tell you what it is. Ephesians 4.32, it said, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiven one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. The first place that you need to be regenerated is in your inner talk. Your inner talk. Okay? Your inner talk. Not being nice, nasty. Now, let me just tell you this. The other day, Mario and I, we were meeting with the lady. And, y'all, this is a true story. She came in. We sat with her. And we let her talk for, like, a straight hour. We didn't get a word in. She went for it. And I'm going to tell you, I had lots of thoughts going on in my brain. I'm like, is she crazy? What's wrong with her? Oh, my gosh. What did we say yes to? Oh, I just got to. Oh. Then I'm looking at Marty. What are you going to say about this? Oh, my God. I just, I need help. I'm struggling. <laughs> and I'm like, can I interject? Can I like, oh, my gosh, put me out of my misery. <laughs> I'm like, serious. She was going. And then. I waited, and then when she finished, Mario looked up, and he said, I understand. And I'm like, you do? And 
I'm, I'm so serious. I'm like, you do? And he was like, all the things that you're saying, it sounds like that's things that we're doing here within the church. He was listening, piecing together all the things that she was saying to come to a conclusion that I, I understand. Mar when I tell Mario what I was thinking, he said, tomorrow, the whole time she was talking, I said, Lord, please give me the right thing to say. I don't know how to help her. I don't want to write her off, but I don't know how to help her. Help us, Holy Spirit, help her. What is this? This is your inner talk. What is this? Instantly, it was tangibly seen because when he responded, I was shocked. But then I could say, oh, where did you get that from? How in the world did you come up with this? That's brilliant. <laughs> and and I, didn't, I couldn't believe it in my heart. But what I began to realize is that God began to grow inside of him something that can be tangibly taken away. She even understood it. <laughs> I said, oh, my gosh, this is a miracle. <laughs> I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> I didn't know. It was just something that was out of the blue. I couldn't believe but what is this, your inner talk? My questions to you is that what are your inner talks? Do you trust God when you're stepping into situations, especially when they seem impossible? That woman with the issue of the blood, of blood it was her inner talk. She said she thought to herself, if I could just touch him, then I would be healed. God began to regenerate new life inside of her. And what did he do? He healed her. Everybody else around her thought she was crazy. Oh, my gosh, can you see who was there coming up to Jesus? Oh, my goodness, she got issues. <laughs> but in her mind, she was allowing herself to be regenerated. Y'all, this is growth. This is maturity. This is when you know you're playing in the game. This is when you know that you're not causing division among the church. This is when you're trying to be a help to your brothers and your sisters. This is when you're on your job place and you're trying to do your best to help people understand. You're not beating them down with your heavy demands, but instead you're trying to listen and gather, even though on the your flesh is going, are they crazy? Oh, my gosh. But then your spirit goes, how can I help? How can I be a help? How can I be an assistance to them? Regenerate. The next thing is how you respond. The first one, your inner talk, it needs to be tenderhearted. The next one is how you respond. In that scripture, it says forgiving one another. Y'all, this is a real story. I remember one time, um, I used to be over like the volunteers at our church back in Baton Rouge. And I remember there was a lady who was one of our overseers for the sanctuary. So kind of like the ushers. She was like over the ushers and she would give specific um, responsibility. She would have to talk to them about, hey, in this area where you're going to be, make sure they follow this rule. And she would have to do it very specifically toward each team captain because their areas looked a little different because it's a large sanctuary. All right. So one day she was talking. Now she's in a big open space. She does this every Sunday or on her rotation. So there's no funny business happening. So there's a guy that's over one of the rotations. She was over there, had her book, and trying to explain to him all the things that she needed him to do. Okay? All of a sudden, this man's wife walks over to her. 
And she looks at him, how dare you? And she was like, oh my gosh, what? How dare you try to sweet talk my husband and just come over here and pretty much chasseing and doing all this stuff. And she was thinking, I just had a clipboard. I was going over this. But, and she said she was kind of dumbfounded because she couldn't believe that she was accusing her of hitting on her husband. She was like, okay. She was mad. And instead of her doing something, she walked away from the situation, and she came to find me, and she said, tomorrow I need help, girl. I need help. I need some help. Like, I'm mad. And I, and I could... The story, I'm kind of adding a little bit because this woman, if you meet her, she's very mild-mannered. But she did tell me, she was like, I need help. I don't know what to do. And I remember sitting there thinking, all right. I stopped for a second, and I'm like, this is what I'm going to say to you is going to sound bizarre. When you get yourself in situations like that, take the low road. Nobody likes to do that, especially when you feel like the offense was on you. Like, no, 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 you did that. You, you came up, what, what you mean? Take the low road. I'm like, take the low road. When you go back to the lady, go up to her and apologize to her. Say, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I made you feel like I was doing that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to disrespect your, your marriage. So you can help me with this. Why don't you... The next time we have meetings, I just want to invite you to be a part of it. We would love to have you be a part of the team with us. We actually love when husband and wives serve together. You can be a part of this with us. And instantly, she got quiet, and the lady starts crying. And she was like, oh, my gosh. She was like, I know. I know you're not doing anything wrong. I just was having a bad day. She was actually mad at her husband. But she was taking it out on this girl. But listen to this. Many times, it's how you respond to something. The tangible fruit in this situation is how you respond. Instead of making a big stink, she could have brought great division in the church if she would have went over there and started, yeah, you need to do this. How could you talk to me like that? Sister, don't you know? I'm about to go over here and make a big drama about this. Such and such husband thinks I want him. Have you seen him? I don't want him. You know, and started all this drama in the church instead of just coming to a place where, you know what, let me respond. Let me respond in a gentle place. I want to be a person that's forgiving. Forgiving. It really didn't even have anything to do with her, but she took the low road. So the question is, what places do you need to take the low road? When you start going low, what you start having is regenerated life. Because now this one woman who could have walked out of the door, left the team, decided to stay because you responded the correct way. Amen. <laughs> So the question is, is that being regenerated means I need to know how to respond right. That's what Jesus did, y'all. He was always responding to people's situation the correct way. He wasn't mad that the woman at the well came over there and she had slept around with a whole bunch of people. He responded to her. I want to help you. I don't, I don't want to tear you down. I actually want you to leave feeling free. I'm like, okay. Everybody say Respond. It's how you respond. And then in this last area, it's your perspective change. The Bible says just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So you forgive people and then through God, just because he's forgiven you. This is your perspective change. Y'all, okay, y'all know I got to give you these stories so I can relate to you. So Mario 
used to work for a bank called Capital One Bank, and he was a banker there. And he said that he used to not like working in that job. He would complain all the time. And I feel like, were we dating? We were dating. He would complain to me, this job, they pressuring me to make people buy this stuff. They don't want this stuff. I don't want to sell people this stuff. I mean, he was mad. And, and it was the supervisor, I think, that was a heavy-handed supervisor. And it was just constant every day. He was complaining about that job. And then he went to one of the leaders, and he would complain to the leader about that stupid job. <laughs> He would complain about that job and complain. And I think one day the leader just looked at him and said, Mario, you have two options here. You can either quit that job or you could get a better attitude. <laughs> okay, the thing is, is he was looking for another, another job because it really was some things that were going on. But it was what God was trying to do on the inside of him. So he changed his attitude. Instantly, he went in there, and I don't think he was in there longer than three months after that. The Lord actually opened up a door for him to move on. The thing is, is many times if you find yourself always frustrated, always complaining, you can't ever, you need a perspective change. Something on the inside of you needs to shift. And until that shift happens, you're just going to be walking around that same problem. I'm just mad. I don't want to work with it. And the Lord's like, wait, have you resolved yourself in your faith? Have you been renewed in my presence? And if, and if the answer to all those things is yes, then you need to be regenerated. I need to grow something on the inside of you so your perspective can change. Do y'all know the difference between all of us in the middle of a pandemic right now? You know what it, what it is? Is that we believe that even though they tell us, be social distance, do all this stuff. Okay, that's good. That's all that stuff is good. I tell you what you, but for me in this season, I'm choosing to be united in truth. I'm coming back to my resolved life. It says developed in relationships. I'm choosing to find myself instead of being all afraid to have good camaraderie with everybody, though I'm doing everything else. I'm at the Astros game. I'm at the mall. But when it comes to the church, oh, God, I can't do it. I just people in there worshiping. No, no, no. I'm coming to be developed in a relationship with the Lord, and I'm coming to be developed in a relationship with you. What is this? A perspective so that I can reach the world around me. What is all of this? Me being regenerated, even though everybody's circumstance is the exact same. But the difference here is that I'm being regenerated and you're going to see my fruit. When this season is over with, you're going to say, that girl, I remember they were like this, but oh my gosh, they are like this. They're going to identify it and they're going to want to connect because it's something tangible. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. Amen. Let them see it. Let them identify it. And they're going to say, I want what she has. I want to be a part of that job. I want to be over there. It's something about them that's different. What is your difference? I've been resolved. I've been renewed. And I've been regenerated. And I refuse to let anything come in between me and this game. I will win. <laughs> I will win. That's how you have to go. Amen. So that's how you get in the game. Look at your neighbor and say, get in the game. Get in the game. So I want to pray. That's how we're going to end the night. We're just going to pray. 
And tonight, if you're watching online or if you're sitting in the room, I just, I want you to lift your hands wherever you are. And I want you to begin to say, God, resolve it today. Say, Holy Spirit, I resolve it today. I trust you. Say, Holy Spirit, I worship you today. Renew me. Change my attitudes. Change my thoughts. Lord, regenerate a new life within me. Teach me, Lord, how to have healthy inner thoughts. Show me, Lord, how to respond. Give me a new perspective. I need you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're getting ready to go back into worship again. I'm going to get the team to come up here. Hey, if you're watching online, guys, you can come on up. If you're watching online, we love you. We'll love to see you in the house on Sundays at 10 o'clock. We worship at 10. You're welcome here. If not, we'll see you at 1030. We love you guys so much, guys. Let's give it up for our online audience. Hey, guys, we will see you Sunday. We're going to be here in the room. Y'all have a wonderful evening. Hey, get in the game. Amen. Amen.